This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Where our ultimate focus is transforming the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. And this afternoon will be no different. We just hope that when you leave the show today, that you have been able to take away something that says, I can apply that to my workplace right now. Because remember, your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus, our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. The work that you do, the job that you hold, the people that you work with, none of that's by chance. People that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. Such good words. And, you know, I just want to say um, hello to all of our listeners today. And, Jim, I'm just reflecting on this week. We have had a lot of people um, offer resources and books um, on our show this week. And so I want to remind our listeners that it is not too late for you to still call in and be, receive some of the resources that we still have available. Because some of them are emails. The authors have come back with some stuff and said, you know what, this can be emailed out to people. So um, call into our listener line at 866 713 and leave me a message with your name and mailing address and email, and I will get something out to you. Hey, we got a special treat for everybody during this first segment of the show as we celebrate. Really, Michael Miracle has been alongside of us in studio almost every show for the last six and a half years. He's had a few that he took sabbaticals from where he was in different sections of the station, but today, Michael is moving on to different parts of Tampa Bay. And we wanted to salute Michael Miracle. Michael Miracle, just grateful for all the time you've invested in us. And we know our relationship continues on, but in studio on a day-to-day basis, it's going to change. That's correct, yeah, and it's been great being with you guys since day one. And uh, while I won't be in studio um, uh, working the uh, live program, I'll still be a big part of the program. So I'm not leaving. I'm just sort of relocating. That's right, relocating. All right, so let's just talk about the last six and a half years and really want to talk about the impact on your life as as I walk as we drove down that dirt road to the former radio station that yeah. no longer is broadcasting on the air any longer pulled in there Michael Miracle sitting there behind the desk and this rookie Jim Brangenberg comes in there to do radio <laughs> between then and today let's talk about the impact on how you look at your workplace today we don't I mean the, the radio show we hope has gotten better over six and a half years mm-hmm. but talk about how it has impacted you personally yeah while the show has evolved uh, in many different ways um, all for the good the 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 um, the message has stayed consistent which is the point you know it's a great thing it's it's uh, being being a light for Christ in the workplace which was an idea that was foreign to me uh, when before before I'd met you guys and, and learned about the program so uh, it's been a learning experience since, since day one, and uh, one that that has really, I think, helped me become the sort of employee that I am today. And and uh, just real briefly, we were able to have some cake, and uh, the coworkers here at Salem said some really really nice things mm-hmm. about my work here. And I mm-hmm. think that um, is a large product of me sort of embodying as much as I'm able to, the idea of working for him here at Salem. And I think that folks saw that, you know. Mm. You know, so let's speak about that for a minute, because for a lot of people, um, they think, oh, when you work for a Christian radio station, of course you just work for him. Like, mm-hmm. it's natural. Does it come natural? That's a good point. Um, it 
It's starting to now, but uh, here, 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 it, and and th- I think I think that's a really salient point there because you, one would, and I did too when I first when I first got the job here. But it's just mm-hmm. like any anywhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a place of employment that has its ups and downs, and and uh, you have to stay focused on mission both at what you're doing as a job here, but also as uh, working uh, working with the mindset of working for him. You mm-hmm. know, not that it's a struggle, but it's something that that you have to that you have to stay diligent within um, inside of a place that is Christian oriented or not, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. You work at a pretty high pace. I mean, it's not like you guys are sitting around having bonbons every no. 15 minutes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so skinny. No, having, skinny. having cake was a big deal, getting everybody to, That's true. to pause you, for you, a moment. You, literally, the radio station paused for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. which that almost never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, it is, it's been a thrill to see you just grow in Christ over these years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it hasn't been without its ups and downs. And, mm-hmm. and you head off into different fields on different mission field on Monday. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be a little exciting. I mean, you don't really know what's ahead of you, but you do know what's ahead of you. You yeah. know that there's going to be people involved. It, it, what do you, what's your biggest hope starting on Monday? My biggest hope is that I can, um, you know, just sort of shine in, in, in mm. with, with the, with my new employees and my new bosses and coworkers, not employees yet, hopefully, <laughs> but, but yeah, just to be, just to be somebody that makes uh, a bit of a difference, large or small, and people can, you know, you know, recognize the uh, light inside of me and, and hopefully uh, take, take some light from, from me to, to, to their, to their walk as well. You the, know? the question is, will Michael Miracle join the I Work For Him Nation? Starting on Monday. Well, I mean, I am an, I am officially a member. I've been do, one do for we, quite some time. Do we have a sticker on the back of the Mazda, though? We don't. We don't. No. Yeah. I didn't think so. That's why I wasn't sure. <laughs> but the sticker can go other places, That's true. too, no, Jim. But yeah, I'm yes, thinking... because we heard about one this week that was somewhere else. Oh, yeah, we did. We got a great story about that. Oh, so there's no stickers on the back of the Mazda? I don't have any stickers on the back of the Mazda. I didn't want to sully it up. Well, not that your st- our sticker <laughs> sully would sully it up. up. <laughs> what, but, what year did you wash that car well, last? That's the other thing, too, I was going to say. Um, it could probably use a, a, a solid wash. I've been I've been using the uh, recent rainstorms here in Tampa as yeah. an excuse not to wash it, but it's a horrible. <laughs> it is a great temptation to do that. Go, oh, it's just going to rain yep. again today, mm-hmm. so why not? <laughs> so I want to peek behind the curtain just for a minute because I want our listeners to kind of know they don't necessarily know what our our forward relationship will be, Michael. So mm-hmm. some of the things that you do as a relationship with I work for him. Sure. Um, you know, I'll continue to do some of the back end work as far as the audio editing is concerned. Um, uh, putting together the podcast and also putting together our power pods, which we're hoping to roll out here sooner than yes. later, which we're very, very excited about. Labor Day. And is that, po- okay, perfect, perfect. And the power thoughts rolling power out thoughts. across yep. the country mm-hmm. on Christian music stations mm-hmm. and Christian stock stations across the country. Your name will be planted across all of those. But the power pods, let's talk about that, Michael, because mm-hmm. you, you um, get to edit all those things. You get to edit all the power thoughts. Well, mm-hmm. okay, we just about these power thoughts, just in case you're wondering what they are. Sooner or later, they're going to end up being on a daily basis or on our Facebook page. That's my goal, just so you know, Martha, I'm telling you right now on the air. Uh, but those power thoughts, we're just trying to give somebody just a little tidbit of uh, something to take to work. That's right, yeah. There are 60-second um, I Work For Him thoughts that uh, that Jim voices in. We actually have them here in, in uh, as a part of the program that folks are going to be able to listen to in about three three minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're daily, they're new, they're different, and and uh, they're, they're just little nuggets of advice and wisdom about how to be uh, a light for Christ in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Talk cool. about the power, 
Power Pods. Yeah, I work for Empower Pod. We've been doing podcasts since day one. So we've got almost 1,400 podcasts out there on any number of platforms. Martha, they're on all the major platforms, Yeah, right? they are. All right. But the Power Pods, we're about ready to roll those out. What are those about, Michael? Okay, so the, these I'm super excited about. We we Just to break it down, we do the hour show daily. And then from that, we, we uh, edit out the commercials and some of the ins and outs to make a podcast. It's about 40, 43 minutes. And then from those, we're going to pull 15 minutes from each of those podcasts to make a power pod, which is basically just a sort of highlight reel mm-hmm. um, of, of that show. And it's a nice little bite-sized 15-minute deal that you can listen to on the go. And it's nice, it's punchy, it's fast, it's quick. And I think it's going to be uh, a huge part of what we're trying to do here. So I'm super excited about <laughs> it. Will they be able to listen to it at 1.5 speed, though? I mean, you know, it's already fast. Will they be able to listen That's to true. it on super speed? I, I don't know. That might, I mean, that might give somebody uh, a bit of a headache, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend against it. It's worth giving it a shot, you know? <laughs> well, shout out to Legend. He started listening to us at one and a half, and he's accomplishing it, but he's a rap star. So, you know, he just, he knows how to think fast. Rhythm <laughs> and poetry. For those of you that never knew what rap stands for, Legend, we're talking about Legend, who is a Christian rap star, raps stands for rhythm and poetry. Mm-hmm. We learned that in the last several months. Mm-hmm. and uh, You were most, pretty impacted by that. I am, because most people have no idea what rap stands for. So back to Michael. So back to you, Michael. <laughs> we just want to you know, <laughs> thank you for walking alongside us, because mm-hmm. the radio people we are today is because of your time and investment in us. And as we d- move together as a team, developing these, the power thoughts, the power pods, the podcast, and, and just continuing ideas on the broadcast, we just, we're, we're grateful for all the time you've invested in us. It's It's been a fun journey walking alongside each other. Pleasure's been all mine. I mean, it's a mutual feeling here for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not the person I am today without you guys as well, you know, uh, both both inside the workplace and out of it. it just been, it's been a phenomenal journey here, and I just am looking forward to the next, uh, next decade. So as you miss Michael Miracle's voice on our daily broadcast, you'll be able to pick him up almost every day on the podcast mm-hmm. and starting on September 2nd on the Power Pod, the I Work For Empower Pod, and also on the I Work For Empower Thoughts. If you've got a local Christian radio station that plays music, Tell them, hey, do you have the I Work For Empower thought on on there? <laughs> because we can hook them up. Just let us know. You can contact us always at IWorkForHim.com. That's IWork, the number four, Him.com. We're your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We just want to make sure that you and me, that we're every day keeping in mind that our workplace is a mission field. That's right, Jim. And, you know, I've just been really encouraged by the uh, listeners that we've heard from lately with just the fact that they are learning about connecting their faith and their work. And so we want to hear from you. If you have um, just a moment, that's all you need. Pick up the phone, dial 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. We would love to hear from you. I have had some great encouraging words this week, also some questions, and um, just even stories from people that are joining the I Work For Him Nation. So um, don't hesitate to pick up the phone. We would love to hear from you. Even talked to somebody that was new from Florida, and I felt like I was kind of getting to be the one to welcome them to Florida. So it was great. So 866-713-9675. 866-713-WORK. You know, what's the number one characteristic of an organization that's Christ-centered and culture-changing? Is it love? Is it flourishing? Is it doing good things? What sets an organization apart from the rest and really impacts the employees in a positive way? In my mind, you also have to ask the question, are there really any organizations that care enough to find out? (laughs) Now I speak about organizations like they're a thing. 
that's false. That's really fake news. Organizations are made up of people, run by people, supposedly to benefit other people. So how do you make sure that they're really doing good at work? And how do you tie it into the idea that all of our faith lived out in all of our life should be benefiting those all around us, whether they believe in Jesus or not? Dr. Boomer Brown joins us today to talk about his organization doing good at work and to give you and me practical steps where we can not only do good at work, but allow our faith to impact those at work. Dr. Boomer Brown, that's the last time I'm calling you doctor, by the way. Dr. <laughs> Boomer Brown, welcome to I Work For Him. Uh, thank you very much, Jim. Happy to be with you and Martha today and excited about our conversation. Well, and and I thank know, you for calling me Boomer. Well, no, oh, no, why do you, what's your, I don't, I've only ever heard that name. Is there another name we shouldn't call you? Nope, that's what I like to be called. Been called that since I was three years old. I was going to say it's probably not on the birth certificate from just the way he said it. I but. think I think we first heard about you from Catherine Gates from Work Matters out of Rogers, Arkansas. That's how we first heard about you, and then we've heard many other people bring it up. But just grateful to hear about it. Hey, just so just so we're asking this question, Boomer, we always try to share this. How to just tell us really quickly your Jesus story? How'd you become a Jesus follower? Well, I grew up in the South. You can probably tell my accent uh, in North Carolina and uh, loving family. Uh, and we, like a lot of Southern families, we went to church. And uh, I went to church every Sunday. It was every Sunday, every Wednesday, every opportunity. And, you know, the thing about having a loving family who is interested in the relationship with Christ there's always opportunities to hear the gospel. And as a young man at 12 years old, I came into a living relationship with God. And it changed my life. I mean, I had good mentors in my life, teachers and people who helped me to grow. So uh, that's kind of where my faith began. Mm. It's been down lots of different roads since then. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I've wondered, I've wondered away. I've wondered back in. I've just wondered sometimes. And uh, the Lord's been very gracious and helpful in developing me mm. into who I am today. Well, thanks for sharing that. So how does your faith actually shape your work? Well, I look, uh, there's a lot going on today in the area of faith and work. There's a lot of conversation uh, happening here, and it's good conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I think sometimes when I look at faith and work, I think the first thing the average person here sitting in the pew on a Sunday, if that's the topic, uh, is that, you know, I'm supposed to share the gospel, the five steps of the gospel at work. And I think sometimes that's a very limiting thing. That might be the pinnacle of uh, what one does, but it's not the only thing. And to be honest with you, Martha, it may not be the first thing we need to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, over the years of uh, working, uh, you know, at IBM, at the Wendy's Corporation, as a dean of the college, in places, it's always been important for me to live out my faith at work in such a way that what I produce as an employee is quality work, respecting all the workers around me, caring deeply about my customer, making sure that I live with the highest amount of integrity and honesty, and doing that. So in essence, what we like to say is it's not only redeeming people at work, it's also redeeming business and work itself. So, Boomer, living that kind of life out while you're at IBM and those other places that you mentioned, another free plug right here and I work for him. <laughs> so how did, how did you live out your faith in those ways with a high level of excellence and integrity how did it impact those around you do you have any idea sure uh, I'll give you a, a very uh, cool situation 
I say I work for IBM, so instantly people think, ah, oh, guy's a geek, he's got some IT background, <laughs> he's probably got degrees in computer science. I have none of that. And I came to the IBM company because I had a very peculiar skill that IBM needed. I had taught myself how to do Microsoft uh, products and became a certified Microsoft engineer. And also, dating myself now, I knew how to work a Novell network. IBM needed that skill, and they brought me in. And they let me be a part of a team that designed the international help desk offering for the IBM company. Hmm. And in the prospects of doing that, I started to meet lots of different people. And every day, I went to work with a positive attitude. I cared about the people around me. I was interested in developing the processes. I was interested in delivering the best quality, best quality product that I can for our customers. And I wanted to generally, genuinely help people. And because of that, it helped me to flourish so that those in leadership around me began to see the value I had as an employee. So very quickly, I escalated up through the uh, executive chain where the most exciting place that I worked at in the IBM company was the Global Services Executive Briefing Center in uh, Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. What's cool about that is that people, the leading CEOs and leaders in the top 50, 100, 200 companies around the world came to me every day and in briefing, uh, talking to them about how we could make them better. You know, we had live conversations, real conversations mm. about technology. But this is what would happen. You ask me what happened in those situations. I always ate lunch or dinner with these folks. And inevitably, during our conversation, almost 100% of the time, someone on that executive team asked me about my faith. I never one time mentioned my faith. I never one time said I was a Christian or I was trying to do this. I just did my job at a level and I cared about those people, and inevitably, they always asked me if I was a person of faith. And hmm. guess what? Then I had the opportunity to share. I've uh, done that with some that. of the greatest leaders in the world. And, you should uh, write a book really about cool. that. Oh, you probably have. Yeah. All right. So, oh, it's good. I, I love that little testimony because that's what this is all about. Because a lot of people think, well, I got to be the leader of my organization, or I need to be a manager, or I need to be a business owner in order to make an impact. But it's not true. You are in the middle. I mean, IBM's a monstrous organization, mm -hmm. and you are in the middle. And yet, yeah. you you were able to make an impact with attitudes and actions and excellence, and it gave you a platform for sharing. Well, I'd add this to it. I, would, I didn't start in the middle. I started on the help desk. I started in a 600-seat help desk delivering customer Ooh, service. Ooh, 600 energy company. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right, so that's you right. started at the bottom. Yes. Well, wow, that's Not even better. mail room, but pretty close. They didn't have mail rooms back then anyway. <laughs> right, but you were working on Novell Networking, which that was pretty, right. you know, that was yeah. actually, it was so easy to work with Novell Networking. And it does date you because that was 30 years ago and because yes, right. Microsoft made Novell disappear. Okay. So that's how right. did all of that lead to starting doinggoodatwork.com? Well, my years at IBM, I was trained how to be an enterprise system management architect. So what I did basically was go into large corporations around the world, and I looked at 
how they were running their enterprise. I looked at that through the lenses that God gave me, and I saw him that I saw that he actually created all these systems, and he could give me the wisdom and the guidance, much like he did for Joseph and Daniel and several other people in the Bible, to how to separate themselves and show people the value that they bring to work, hence building a relationship. So as I, as I did that, and in 2005, after 9-11, the landscape changed, I had the opportunity to either go to India to start help desk services there, to go to China uh, to do the same thing, or I could go to Strategic Air Command uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, or I could go to the NASA uh, operations and be a, or, uh, or what you can do is start doing good at work. We're going to have to hear the rest of that story after the break. You're listening to I Work For Him as we talk today with Dr. Boomer Brown. He's got an organization I'd like you to check out online, doinggoodatwork.com, doinggoodatwork.com. That's right, Jim. So um, you kind of left us with a cliffhanger a little bit. So we're talking with Dr. Boomer Brown, and he is um, with an organization called Doing Good at Work. And you can find that on doinggoodatwork.com. And I hope that doesn't give away the rest of his story. But Boomer, you were telling us that back in 2005, after 9-11, you had opportunities basically to go a lot of different places other than at home um, in order to to continue your career is what it kind of sounded like we were going there. Why don't you tell us what you ended up deciding to do? Well, when it all came down and the clouds cleared, I decided to leave IBM. And when I decided to leave IBM, my wife and I prayed about that, and I took the years of experience of working with CEOs and business companies. Mm -hmm. I took my background in education uh, with a master's divinity degree and a Ph.D. in theology to marry that together, and I realized that my future was to be able to meet with high-level leaders in companies, uh, small, medium, or large, and to help them do good at work. And so we started that journey. Wow. So that was in 2005? Yep, that's when we that's when we started. Matter of fact, it was called a different name then. It was called Mighty Simple is what it was called. And we rebranded a little bit later on. All right. So it says on your website, Boomer, actually your bio states on your website, Boomer believes work and business are good. Profit is a must. And companies should invest in people leaders, and process to yield the greatest profitability. Boomer is committed to connecting the heart and mind of business leaders to change the world. Boomer believes business is the is a key in creating total societal impact. That's a great word. I like that. So was business God's idea? Yes, it was. It sure was. And I think it was there in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Well, tell me, where, where do you see that? I mean, everybody's going, okay. Where in the book of Genesis? Okay. On the edge of their seat. Well first, well, first and foremost, I think what we see is God is a worker. Uh, mm-hmm. In the very beginning of the Genesis story, he begins uh, by creating things and working, and he does that good work for six days. At the end of every day, he said, this was good work. He was doing good as a worker. So God is a model for us. 
But it continues on through the whole biblical story. And what I do is I look at all the different people, like people who were shepherds, and they were vineyard keepers, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were politicians, they were marketplace people, they were tradespeople. It is just littered throughout the entire people, throughout the entire Bible, where people are actually doing work and doing it well. One of my favorite stories is found in Luke chapter 19, where you see the story of Zacchaeus in the first 10 verses. Mm-hmm. But verses 11 through 27 talk about the parable of the minus. And there's two verses I want to focus on there. We know probably about the one who did really well and got a return. God's interested in profit. Uh, we know about the one who's in the middle, and we know about the one that kind of hid his and didn't do anything. That's kind of where we miss the essence of the story. There's a verse in there that says this very specifically from the ESV. It says when he's getting, the master is getting ready to go away, he says this, engage in business until I come. And then he goes away, hmm. and they continue in business, and they do it every day. And then he comes back, and he has a moment of accountability where he wages the gains, and he looks, at what they've done in their business. And I think what God is trying to say to us is very simple. In the beginning, he put a process in place that would build civilizations, that would build cultures. Part of that was business. We were supposed to be in our businesses every day, whatever capacity that we own as an owner to a help desk person. Mm-hmm. And what we are to do every day is to do good at our work, do our business, so that we help people meet their needs, that we return a profitability, and we as employees actually in doing good find fulfillment in God. Mm, I think it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. It is. So you said that you also believe that business leaders um, need to connect their hearts and their minds. Uh, Talk about that. Why do you think they're disconnected? Well, I think they're disconnected in two reasons. One, they're disconnected because of our business education structure in the United States. <laughs> and what I mean by that, uh, in a lot of places around the world, business focuses more on what's in my head than what's in my heart. Now, let me say this quickly for those business people that are listening that that's a little squeamish. Yes, God is interested in good business around good data, around good profit, about good process. He's interested in those head kind of things. But he's also interested in the heart. This is the development of the people, the development and appreciation of those people, their character development, about their development as people, skills, meeting their family needs. So when you connect the two, you get a very robust, business okay. outlook. Well, well, but you know, a lot of people listening today are the people working for that business leader, that organizational yeah. leader, and they're looking at their bosses saying, I think their heart and their mind are disconnected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're struggling. So, And these are Christ yeah. followers who really want to make a difference, but they're frustrated with their work. And some of many of them are working for people who proclaim to be Jesus followers. Where's mm-hmm. how How does the average worker, whether they're working in a business or working in an organization that serves within our economy, how do they work for somebody whose heart appears to be disconnected from their mind? Well, I think that's uh, a big question that we deal with day in and day out with employees. And this is what I tell those employees. First of all, I go right to Scripture, and I understand that 
I'm working not just for the company and for this person, but overall, I'm working for the Lord. What we have is seven universal principles of flourishing. And one of those principles, the first principle, says that people matter. The second principle says that work is life-giving. In a work situation where it is always work-death-bringing, you need to step back as a follower of Christ and pray through that. Make sure first that your heart is right, you're doing your work unto the Lord, and then the offering that you're bringing. You have to see that work is a part of God's plan. Okay, okay. It's not just something that... Mm-hmm. You're moving so fast. That was a really good point because a lot of people that are sitting out here listening to the I Work For Him today mm-hmm. as we talk with Dr. Boomer Brown from doinggoodatwork.com, they're thinking, yeah, my work doesn't feel so life-giving. It feels mm-hmm. death-bringing, uh, as yeah. you just said. And so a lot of people think, oh, I just want to quit my job and just go work at, at a church. Or I want to quit my job mm-hmm. and go on the mission field. I want to quit my job and go somewhere else where I can be appreciated better. Talk to the talk to the listener who is in a death-bringing kind of work environment versus a life-giving. Well, earlier you asked me a question, why the heart and head's not connected, and I said the first is because of the educational system. The second is because of the church model. Sometimes what we say from the pulpit, un, uh, unintentional, is that there is a big difference between the secular and the sacred, mm-hmm. and we value the sacred a whole lot more than the secular, and we don't see the value of our secular work. The way to revitalize your feeling about your work is to understand whether you're a janitor, a trash person, you're a you know, a, a clerk in a store, retail operation, you're on a help desk, you're working, whatever task it is that seems menial to you, to God, that is not a menial task. Right. That is an important task, and you are an important cog in His cultural transformation and business transformation. And when you start breathing in that life, when you start thinking on things above, things that are true, things that are holy and just, and what he's really said about work and how valuable you are, and you know that you're working for him, and you go there every day, not just to deliver whatever it is that you do, but also deliver love, you know, the the fruits of the Spirit come through you. All those things can be manifested in how you do your job every day, and you find fulfillment in that. You know, so I'm I'm thinking back when, you know, uh, to the person who is dreading going to work, that it just sucks the yeah. life out of them. I kind of compare uh-huh. that to the person who goes to church and goes, yeah, I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy this service. You right. know, their perspective needs to change. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yes, that's what I mean by the heart, the mm-hmm. heart, their perspective. God needs to change your mind. I mean, Paul just writes, I mean, one of the greatest verses in the Bible that deals with the mind is Romans 12 and 1, not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed yeah. by the renewing of the mind. Right. I mean, this is where it happens. We need to surround ourselves with people. That's why we need each other at work, and, and we need to help each other work through the... I didn't say it was easy. A lot of things we teach are very right. simple to understand, but they're not easy to do. We you need know, those one another that God says in the Bible. Yeah. We need those one Well, I mean, how do you live life without another? I mean, and that's... that's right. Really, what you just said is... There's this great divide between sacred and secular where we value the sacred more than the secular, but what we need to learn to do is to see the secular as truly sacred. 
Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Because I mean, God, because there is no such thing. God. There is no such thing as secular. It's all been made sacred. God designed it all, and 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 there's no there's no ranking system in the kingdom of God. There's not like well, there's the number one positions pastor in a church and a missionary, and then everybody else. That's that's a falsity. All right. So, doinggoodatwork.com in thirty seconds or less. When people go out to doinggoodatwork.com, what are they going to see? Well, they're going to see a holistic system, a very simple framework where you can actually, whether you're the owner, the CEO, the major leader, or you're someone employed, you're going to see tools and things that can help you flourish at work. Our primary goal is to help people flourish in business so that business flourishes through people. So it always begins with people. That's what you'll find. But they can flourish in their workplace no matter whether it's in business or not, right? That's exactly right. All right, very. You can be at home. That's right. Perfect. Perfect. All right, you're listening to I Work For Him, and we've been talking with Dr. Boomer Brown about doing good at work. Check it out online, doinggoodatwork.com. Maybe you're in one of those spots, as we just said in the last segment, where you're not at a place where you feel your work is life-giving, but more that it's death-bringing. And, and, I, and I had a phone conversation with a guy that was in a job yesterday. I was having a conversation with a guy out of Dallas, Texas, and he was saying, you know, I realized that my job was literally killing me. And I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Dr. Boomer Brown, there's people out there all day long that, that are listening to this show that that's how they feel, whether they're involved in business or an organization that is outside of business, whether it's military, government, uh, educational, mm-hmm. or healthcare. They don't feel like they're part of the marketplace, part of the business, but yet they participate in the marketplace every day as, as they buy things and, and, and shop and things like that. How do you guys at doinggoodatwork.com, do you only work with businesses? No, uh, Jim, we don't just work with businesses. That That is our primary focus, but we also work with churches. We work with nonprofits. We work with government organizations. Uh, we work anywhere there are people. The, the key here is there's people. I mean, civic groups, it doesn't matter to us. We work in churches. A lot of, all the things that we do are very practical across the, the spectrum. But so, that's, but we can focus, uh, so we can focus. We do spend most of our time in business. We're happy to help anyone. So talk about some of the practical tools that doing um, good work, doing good at work, which people can find online at doinggoodatwork.com. What are some of the practical tools that you're helping people with? Uh, one of the things I think we, uh, we miss out in our work, and it leads to that death-bringing concept, is we don't feel appreciated at work. Mm. And uh, so uh, we see people getting recognized at work, and they usually get recognized for what they did or how they brought in more money, but people are not appreciated for their unique design well, and who they are. Well, what's the difference between recognition? Wait, 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 what's the you, you see, you're so fast. You are really fast. Yeah. What's the difference between recognition and appreciation? Well, a recognition is this thing where if you do something, you know, you sell X amount of widgets, you make X amount of money, you achieve your goals, then you get recognized. Generally, in most companies, Less than 12% of the people in the company are actually recognized. Mm. Appreciation is when you understand more about that person, whether they achieve their goals or not, you value them and you understand them. You understand that they're motivated either by words of affirmation or they're motivated by maybe there's some gifts that you can give or you spend quality time with them. I mean, uh, if your audience is familiar with the five languages of love, 
This is actually an adaptation of that written by Dr. Paul White called The Five Languages of Appreciation at Work. And we do that through uh, our offering called Appreciation Works. Mm. And so we want to help owners, help people. You know, if you don't know what your appreciation language is, how do you know that you're actually, what you're actually saying is demonstrating that you appreciate someone? So we help people do that. Another possible tool is character works. There are 36 different character traits that have been recognized. If you want your people to flourish at work and you want your business to flourish or your nonprofit organization or your church, you have to teach people character traits. How do you do that? How are you intentional about that? A lot of companies... I love how excited you are about all of this. I can just sit here and let you just keep talking. Clearly. <laughs> Great. Clearly, a, you must, you must, you're a preacher, right? Do you get to preach on Sundays, too, or what? Uh, well, I'm a teacher. You're a teacher. <laughs> all right. So, so when you say character, give it, you said there's yeah. 36 character traits. I mean, the yeah. five languages of appreciation. We've talked about that in the air before. We've had Dr. Paul White on many times. Love, love, love that tool. Managing appreciation at work is appreciationatwork.com. Great, great tool. Talk to me about these character traits. If somebody wants to know, I don't even know what my character is. Is there a place they can go to find out what those 36 character traits are? Yes, you can go to our website, and we're happy to talk to you and give you a survey of how to determine what your character traits are. So what are some of those? Give me some examples of some character traits. Okay. Uh, One would be responsibility, okay? Uh, You know, how you react to something. One would be patience. Another one, you know, there's, like I said, there's 36 different ones. And what we do is we do this. for We give them a base of the 36. We give them a definition of each one. We give them posters and things to help support that. And we also give managers notes where they can run 15-minute, once-a-week meetings to encourage people to have open conversations about these things, whether it's dependability, it's responsibility, it's uh, flexibility, it's enthusiasm. These are just some of the few character traits that are in the 36 character traits. So tell me how that's imp- why is that important? Why um, for Christ followers in their workplace is it important for them to n- know about character traits? Well, as I said earlier, the importance is how you live at work, how you deliver your work, and how you do it well. Mm-hmm. The thing that will help you in a very succinct way to do that is to make sure that you're delivering it with good character. When people see good character, they know it. They know when someone's dependable. They know when someone's responsible. They know when someone's punctual. They know when someone's flexible. They, They feel this. They sense that. That's where I'm trying to help that person who sometimes feel work is death bringing. When they're doing those things intentionally, that they are actually bringing the gospel to work and they're actually redeeming their work and transforming it so that it brings glory and honor to God. And who, any, who doesn't want to redeem their work? That's right. <laughs> that's we all awesome. need to, I'd like them to redeem the highways, too. Are we going to work on God to do that? One? Because the highways in America are getting ridiculous. Okay. Do you got an example, a story of a, of a young lady or a young man who got this kind of training and started to see huge impact in their workplace because they started to put it into action? 
Yeah, one of the persons I'd like to highlight is a lady by the name of Vicki Ishmael. Uh, she is the president owner-operator of an organization called High Grove Estates. You can see their story on our website. And, uh, you know, I met Vicki about four years ago. Uh, actually, here in Raleigh, we had a large international conference here, and I went in to uh, be a part of something. I sat down beside this lady, began to introduce her. How did I know that in this relationship that was developed there that it was going to transform her entire business? She was about to quit. Hydrove Estates is an all-inclusive wedding venue. It was, you know, she, it, we won't go there, but she... Uh, I came along beside her as her executive coach, which is something that we do, and we began coaching her. And as we helped her, we talk about in our coaching model, you know, what's your worldview? What are your character? What are your values? What are your roles? How do you block and tackle things? How do you keep physical, mental, emotional, spiritual things in balance? We use a model for that. Okay, we trained her to do that. It began to transform her business in the way she led we were invited to do things in there, but here's where I want to go with this. It not only transformed her, it transformed High Grove Estates, but this is what she did. She had a dream in her heart. That dream in her heart was to start a sandwich shop. That sandwich shop, everyone employed in that sandwich shop would be a lady who was coming out of prison or coming out of homelessness. Mm -hmm. She wanted to teach them a culinary skill, and she wanted to deliver a quality product to the consumer and get both sides of the coin. She did that. That organization is called Carol's Kitchen. Uh, you can see them at Carol's Kitchen uh, online, and it's in the middle of Raleigh. And in Raleigh, it was highlighted in the Washington Post. It was also highlighted in the uh, one of the uh, the New York papers as one of the must go to places right. in. Raleigh to get a sandwich. I love that's that. how this works. That's that's, awesome. that's what you mean when you say total societal impact. Mm -hmm. I love that. Dr. That's Boomer right. Brown, thanks for being on I Work for him today. Thanks for sharing a little bit about doinggoodatwork.com. Ladies and gentlemen, check out doinggoodatwork.com. Lots of resources for you to put your faith in your work. Thank you, Dr. Boomer Brown. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jim and Martha. Have yeah. a great day. And as we close out the show today, just a final farewell. To Michael Miracle. Uh, Michael, I know you said to me earlier this week, I just hate saying goodbye 75 times. I so, I, so I thought I'd just say it one more time. <laughs> so we'll say it 76. So we are so thankful for you, Michael Miracle. You've made an impact on our lives. We look forward to living and walking alongside of life with you. But Michael, thank you. The the audience thanks you. They 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 everybody knows, hey, is that Michael Miracle? Is that his really his real last name? So so we're thankful, Michael, and we're grateful and we wish you the very best in, in the days ahead in your new mission field. Thank you so much for that. Very looking very much looking forward to uh, the next chapter here with the show with you guys and uh, my new my new career here coming up on on Monday and uh, couldn't be more excited about it and, and uh, I'm reassured uh, thanks to y'all's uh, guidance here that it's going to be a good thing for me. Mm. And the cool part is you'll get to continue to hear Michael Miracle at the beginning and ending of all of our podcasts, our power pods, our, our archives. You'll be able to see his handprint on our power thoughts 
Everywhere you go, Michael Miracle's handprint will be all over. I work for him. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in today. And thank you, Michael Miracle. It's just been an amazing journey with you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Martha. Thank you guys so much. It's a lot of fun. So check us out online when you have some time this week at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.